on Kempe, dishes in front, another sliding catch saved by Fleury, this time to his right. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here is a left wing opportunity, Lizana sliding, pad save, Robin Leonard, what a stop. From the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Ladies and gentlemen, that's nine. Nine is on the board. Seven more to go to win the Stanley Cup for the Vegas Golden Knights as uh, the VGK open up the Stanley Cup semifinal series against the Montreal Canadiens with a 4-1 victory last night at T-Mobile Arena. This is our number two VGK Insider Show. Uh, we are uh, broadcasting live from the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio. Darren Millar, Chris Chapman here. Out of the homestead is Ryan Wallace. And the Golden Knights uh, took a 2-0 lead in that game last night. Uh, Montreal was really good in the first seven, eight minutes of the game. But Marc-Andre Fleury withstood the challenge. Uh, and that 2 nothing lead would not be relinquished uh, as the Golden Knights end up uh, scoring uh, four on the night. Uh, impressive. Uh, probably not either team's best game, but still a really solid performance by the Golden Knights. Yeah, I mean, I, I think top to bottom, you, you get into that second period, and that's really where the Golden Knights started to uh, take control of the game. There were some penalties and, and maybe some penalty issues just in terms of that second period taking the game out of five-on-five. Five. But, you know, I think for the majority of time at five-on-five, five, especially the second and third period, the Golden Knights uh, were the better team in that game. And and I think the score is, is a representation of that, though I, I do look at the, I do look at the rest of the series. I do look at game two tomorrow as a room for improvement, not just for Vegas, but also for Montreal. Mm -hmm. We'll see if Jeff Petrie returns to the lineup for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, arguably, Montreal's best defenseman, uh, all-around defenseman, uh, can generate some offense, uh, can also uh, defend very well. Uh, significant absence for the Montreal Canadiens uh, in number in game number one, and uh, and so uh, take uh, take your best defenseman out of the lineup, and uh, and it's going to hurt you. So we'll we'll watch uh, and see what happens on that front. Uh, by the way, Chapman, there was no. Uh, honoring of John Merrill last well, night. Well, he didn't no play. I, I told you that. I told you he that may, last he may week. Play, he may play tomorrow. And there won't be any there tribute. Be. John Merrill is a Golden Knights legend. You got skewered on and in the regular Twitter season. on that. No, actually I didn't. I think it was about 50-50 people were on my side and some people, well, some people weren't. But you, you, gave, you gave the answers of yes and heck yes. No, yes. hell yes. Yeah. Okay. And, and it was about 50, 50. poll. Uh, what's your poll uh, on on the uh, on the wave and what's happening there? <laughs> All right. So we've got two. One is should the wave be clockwise or counterclockwise? Right now, it's seventy percent clockwise to thirty percent counterclockwise. You can vote on that poll at Ryan Hockey Guy on Twitter. The second one is very simple. Do you like the wave? Uh, I did ask for comment for, for commentary on yes or no. Right now, it's fifty-two percent yes, forty-eight percent no. Wow! Uh, and some of my favorite, yeah, some of my favorite comments uh, from Rita. We all know Rita. We all love Rita on this program. Uh, I assume that she voted no, and her reasoning is: once it starts, it takes forever to end. I get tired. Never change, Rita. <laughs> 
mm-hmm. never change. She got a point there. Like it does seem to go on and on, but I, I like it. I, I yeah, don't I understand the people that that get irate about the way though. There's got to be well, better Lindsay, things to get angry at. Lindsay Sparks says you're not at a baseball game. Uh, she's speaking specifically to you, Darren. You're not at a baseball baseball game, Darren. You don't need to find ways to entertain yourself. Did she really uh, address that to me? Yeah, 100. percent I'm I'm on board with that. Uh, I, I yep. like baseball too. I don't need the wave, but I do I do enjoy uh, when the crowd gets into it. Uh, I I like that part of it. I would I would like to see this whole idea of of the upper section and the lower section going in opposite directions. I've never witnessed that in person. I I do have one more comment and this kind of ties in everything that we've talked about so far this segment nice. from Jack Manning. You only do the wave when the game is so out of hand one way or the other. Last night's wave was an atrocity on the level of giving John Merrill a tribute video during the playoffs. Oh, come on. Come on. Mic drop. Twitter has spoken, Chapman. Come on, Jack. (laughs) He was Uh, one of the guys who skewered me on Twitter, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you deserved it. Undeservedly so. By the way, uh, my dummy account is uh, Jack Manning. Ah, I figured (laughs) Uh, we've got uh, a chance for you to qualify for tickets to tomorrow night's game, too, uh, coming up in just a little bit. Uh, so keep listening to the VGK Insider Show as the Golden Knights will attempt to take a 2 nothing series lead in this uh, postseason for the first time. In fact, last night was the first time that they've uh, managed to open up a, a series with a victory uh, in these playoffs. So uh, already far ahead of the game compared to the sets against the Minnesota Wild and the Colorado Avalanche. And Montreal was a team that uh, that was new to Vegas. Vegas new to Montreal. Um, when when you look back at it, it it was a, a very entertaining hockey game in the in the sense that they both kind of went at it early. Yeah, I you know I. You mentioned Brendan Gallagher kind of right off the top on the show and, and, and what he and Marc-Andre Fleury got themselves into early on in this game. And, you know, I think that a lot of that just kind of has to do with the unfamiliarity. You, you want to try to build in as much animosity and as much reason uh, to to drag yourself into the fight as possible. And, and I thought Brandon Gallagher, Gallagher did a great job of that for the Montreal Canadiens. And then, you know, the Golden Knights, they, they were right there equal to the task. This is two teams that I don't think are going to be bullied or intimidated. They're going to go into these situations looking to impose their will. And, and I thought that the start of the game really did show that this is going to be a physical heavy series uh, regardless of of what your expectations were going into it. How big were those saves for Marc-Andre Fleury uh, in the early going? Given that uh, entering the night last night, Montreal hadn't trailed for 437 minutes, the second longest streak in Stanley Cup playoff history. So being able to avoid falling behind uh, was huge uh, for Marc-Andre Fleury and the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I mean, I thought that the first goal of the game was going to be important, um, and I thought it was going to be important for the Golden Knights just simply because I think being behind 
kind of takes the Canadians out of what they're comfortable in in terms of of their game plan. They're a team that likes to counterattack. They do like to force mistakes, and they play with just a little bit more confidence, obviously, with a lead. Any team's going to, but I do think that they're they're a better team when ahead. And for Vegas to kind of just get that ability, get that chance to, to force Montreal a little bit out of uh, their comfort zone was was a positive in round one, and Mark Andre Fleury was really the reason that the Golden Knights were able to get their legs and get that first goal of the game. Uh, legs, hands, uh, feel of the puck, like both teams had little stretches where it just wasn't going their way. I, I think you'll see a much sharper game. Uh, I don't know whether it'll be 4-1 or 6-3, but I but I think the the sharpness uh will be there uh over what we saw last night. For me, I I think that we're likely going to see a game that's that's a little bit closer uh just in terms of the overall score. Like I I kind of always look at playoff hockey as Game one can kind of go either way. It can get away from a team here and there. Uh, but once you kind of get into the meat and potatoes of the the series, everything gets magnified and everything kind of shrinks down. I, I would expect, even though I thought Carey Price was fantastic, I, I think that, you know, in terms of can he play better, maybe not. But I, I do think that there are going to be saves that he's going to make that are going to leave us shaking our head. And the same thing for Marc-Andre Fleury. I wouldn't be surprised if both teams play better but we're looking at a 2-1 game or a 3-2 game just simply because I think that's where the margin of victory and, and defeat is in this series. Compare like where Vegas sits right now to after game one against Colorado. It is striking, isn't it? Well, I, I think that, you know, it's it's kind of the same situation, but on the opposite end. Like I think that there's going to be a lot of takes today that the Montreal Canadiens are done, that, that this is going this is just a completely different team than what Montreal has, has faced all year long, and that the Golden Knights should be in complete control of this series in much the same way uh, people were viewing game one mm-hmm. in the Colorado Vegas series. And I think for the Golden Knights, the key is to to understand that it's still three more wins. You've still got to find a way, you've still got to be desperate, and you can't really fall in or underestimate the Canadians in this spot. Yeah, you know, I was talking to somebody on, on the way home last night, and we were uh, we were chatting. This is a, a person in eastern uh, part of the country, and they uh, watched the game, and we were going back and forth, just uh, chatting about things. And I said, you know, I I don't think Vegas played particularly great early, and and got better as the game went on. And uh, this person replied, uh, "That's what the Habs do." Uh, you can't be lulled to sleep in the sense of you 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 think that your game can get better uh, even though you you play you had a good result but but you can't re- end up getting better because the haves will find a way just to envelop you and and smother you and that's sort of what happened to Toronto certainly they they felt that they were in a great position uh, in that series and Montreal just kind of chipped away at it and it was by no means a dominating series against Winnipeg, but they just managed to pile on at a brick, another brick, and away you go. So uh, it's 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 not a rope-a-dope strategy per se, like that traditional just withstand the barrage, 
but uh, but certainly uh, they are a team that never feels like they're out of a game. Yeah, and I, I don't think that they really should. I, I look at the Canadians, and again, we, we've talked about their balance, how they're they're constructed, and then you, you look at their defense and you look at their goaltending, and uh, there really shouldn't be a reason why the Habs feel like they're ever out of a game. I, you've got Carey Price, you've got confidence that you'll you'll keep the score relatively low and you should be able to chip in and find some goals. And especially when you look at how their power play was able to move the puck around and Cole Caulfield, his shot on that on that uh, on that power play was fantastic. Uh, the Golden Knights are going to have to stay out of the box if they're going to take that dimension away from the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, that, you know, I was sitting with uh, a coach uh, in the uh, in the league, and he didn't didn't mind the way Vegas defended on the power play. Uh, it was a really good. I mean, Corey Perry uh, when he's in that little spot, uh, much the way Mark Stone is in that little spot. They're both really good at walking off the uh, yeah. off the goalpost. Uh, and it was it was a juicy rebound, which uh, there's no way that Mark Andre Fleury can put it anywhere else other than that place, uh, because he came up with a big stop. But uh, that was just just a good power play goal uh, by the yeah. by the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'm curious to see what Montreal does uh, for adjustments. Uh, I, I Vegas Vegas got uh, got going uh, a little bit, and when they did get going, it was a different game. Uh, what does Montreal have to respond uh, tomorrow night's tomorrow night's really really big in the series in much the same way game two was against the uh, Minnesota Wild in in that series where Vegas was down in the in the game and, and looking at a potential 0-2 hole and uh, and managed to respond to it um, uh, uh, Montreal Montreal's got more to give let's see how much they can actually offer up. Yeah, it, it for me, like the Montreal Canadiens are still in a good spot, right? Yeah. Because you, yeah. you want to get that split. And the, the split is there. It's available for them. They're going to have to play better for sure. Um, but, I mean, I, if I'm Montreal, I'm encouraged by what I saw in that first period. I'm encouraged by the, the scoring chances that they were able to generate early on in the first period, and especially late in the game, still pressing with Carey Price out, uh, out, out for the extra attacker. So um, the split's there. And, and and you get that it puts a lot of pressure on Vegas going into Game Three and Four in Montreal. So um, you're still in a good spot if you're the Canadians, and it's uh, it's going to be up to the Golden Knights to to take care of business on home ice and and recognize that one game is is not the series. And and we talked about it after Game One against Colorado. We talked about it against uh, after game two against Colorado yeah. and the same thing after game one against Minnesota. So um, you, you just you have to keep that in mind that it's about getting better and better and better as the series progresses. And there's certainly room for the Golden Knights to get better in this one. You know what, though? Vegas is something going on at T-Mobile Arena now. It, it may not oh, yeah. have started... Uh, uh, fast in the Minnesota series, which was kind of like a, a, a road warrior series uh, for the first half of it. But now they've yeah. got their groove going on in the fortress. Oh, I, I agree. I think they're feeding off of that crowd. And, and the Golden Knights are, are incredibly comfortable and confident in their game. And, and 
you know, again, I, I've talked about their journey this year as opposed to last year. You can kind of you can throw in fans in the building and, and feeding off of that energy too in, in compared to in comparison to the bubble as well. But, you know, for me, I, I just think the Golden Knights have gotten better. And and I think their opponents so far in the playoffs have made them get to another level. And if you can continue to improve and continue to grow and continue to feed off the energy of your crowd, you have a great chance of going on a deep, deep run like the Golden Knights are on right now. Uh, Stone and Pacioretty had some chemistry, uh, was was front and center last night. Uh, they deserved some more out of that game <laughs> than, than they got. And I'm so not just if, talking about the big save uh, that, that yeah. um, Carey Price came up with on the two-on-one. But there was uh, there was another opportunity where Stone set up Pacioretty uh, mid to late uh, through the second period. Uh, you had uh, the the Stone steal and then uh, set up uh, uh, Jonathan Marcheseau for that uh, one timer opportunity that Stone could have easily picked up a point. Uh, I, I, they were knocking on the door last night, man. <laughs> you know it's it's always funny because last night on the extended post game show we were asked about. Mark Stone in the game that he had. And, and you know, obviously you, you look at uh, a 4-1 win and you see no goals, no assists, no points. And you say, okay, well, well what happened there? Well, Mark Stone nearly missed almost five times, right? Like mm-hmm. there's obviously the play that Carey Price makes, but you, you talk about the Jonathan Marcheseau attempt, another ridiculous save from Carey Price. Mark Stone, side of the net, feeds through. Alec Martinez hits the side of the net there. Like, there are, and, are and by the way, just certain plays. He yeah. he was the uh, net front presence on uh, the uh, goal by Shea Theodore. Right, exactly. And, and there are, are things that Mark Stone does up and down the ice that don't show up on a score sheet night in and night out, but are incredibly viable, vi- uh, viable to wins. And... I, you know, I, I looked at the game that Mark Stone had, and in the moment answering that question, I'm like, he was he was fantastic. He was great. Uh, the only thing that didn't happen for Mark Stone was the puck didn't go in on the plays that he was making. But he continues to have games like that. He's going to break out in this series for sure. Uh, here's uh, Pete DeBoer on today's uh, media availability on what he expects from Montreal now. I think you, you said it. I mean, we're not taking anything for granted. We, we know the character of that team. We know what they've done. Um, <clears throat> you know, we, we've, we've been in that spot ourselves where, where people have, uh, have written us off. And, and uh, you know, I, I know uh, how we responded and, and I saw how they responded. So, you know, we won one game. Uh, I think uh, we can play better than we did last game. I'm sure they're going to uh, say they can play better. So, it's how everyone responds to game two. Kind of a tweener game, Ryan. And you never want to criticize a victory. But I'm glad Pete said that because there's part of just the sharpness of of their actions with the puck. A couple of turnovers in the first period um, where they weren't able to convert uh, pucks bouncing off the sticks or just not being uh, handled properly. It, it, it was... Uh, a period of adjustment or, or finding themselves in the game. And that's not a criticism because Vegas was much better in the second and third. But when you're trying to to establish yourself in a series, you hope to be able to play uh, a little bit more consistent. Now, they, they got the saves, and and that's 
Mark Andre Fleury being in a zone right now, and I I don't know if he's ever played this well. And and that that goes to uh, what John Morosi talked about uh, the the big save against the Detroit Red Wings in in those Stanley Cup runs where he went to back to back finals uh, and was able to yeah. uh, win win the second time. Uh, he's had some marvelous runs over the course of his career. What we're seeing right now, and not just being able to produce wins, but be able to buy his team time and have these stretches of 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 keeping his team in it and not allow uh, either the club to get closer or the club, the opposition, to take leads. I I don't know whether he's played any better than he is right now. It's it's hard to argue against that. It, it really is. He's been so so good. And it's always been in key moments of the game, right? When when everything's in the balance, it's Marc-Andre Fleury kind of steadying the ship and making sure that once the Golden Knights are, are kind of able to get to their game, things are within reason, with manageable. And, and you know, for me, like, it, it's just Marc-Andre Fleury continuing to write this chapter that, that I don't think anyone really... Um, expected in in year 36 for him, right? Like is, is he's 36 years old. You're not expecting him to get better as he gets older, and yet he is. He he's been so good this year, and, and that is you know kind of proven out with the Vesna Trophy nomination. But right now in these playoffs, you're you're looking at some great goaltenders left, and Mark Andre Fleury is is pushing the door down as the guy that you want in net if you've got a game you need to win. But they didn't have to like play him into the ground, down the stretch. No, you, no, you played him and, enough that and, he was able to keep sharp. And then same thing in the in in the in the playoffs, they were able to spell him off. And there's no three and four or anything, uh, four and six or any type of those stretches. Uh, the it, it won't show up. But the the ability to play Robin Leonard down the stretch every second game is, and still compete for the President's Trophy. Uh, is huge. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting that you bring that up because I think the the inclusion of Robin Leonard and what he was able to do for Mark Andre Fleury's game down the stretch sets up Mark to have this type yes. of playoff run. And I know that you know we we got a call last night about when when do you work Robin Leonard back in? It's Mark Andre Fleury's net right now. Yeah. You're riding Marc-Andre Fleury. You know what the schedule is going to be. You know that if things work your way or, or they go in your favor about how many games are left in the season, and you can kind of ride Marc-Andre Fleury the rest of the way. That's what makes sense. Robin Leonard's contribution happened down the stretch to ensure that Marc-Andre Fleury would be as fresh as possible in these playoffs. And you know what? That counts for something based on the way Marc-Andre has played so far in these playoffs. It's not the way we thought that the tandem was going to give them the advantage, is it? No, not really. But it still worked out that the tandem has given them an advantage. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think it's strange. You know, we, yeah. we go back to that Colorado series and, and I think that, you know, over over the course of those six games you saw Marc Andre Fleury get better and Philip Grubauer break down a bit and, and you know that's kind of the difference in the series is Marc-Andre Fleury was still playing at a Vesna caliber level and Philip Grubauer down the stretch wasn't uh is Nick Holden 
gaining uh, acclaim as the favorite Golden Knight for a lot of fans? I mean, it's hard not to like yeah. the guy, and he keeps scoring goals. So, yeah, I, I would say so. Like, I, I think I have a special place in, in my heart just watching him as a teammate and the way uh, he acted uh, and behaved behind the scenes and had fun. And even when he wasn't in the lineup, in fact, he was fun and, and distracting uh, to players during interviews when Stormy would do her thing and, and we'd be recording stuff. Like, he, he was always enjoying himself and making sure the teammates were enjoying themselves. But then to watch him have this kind of success, and it's not a fluke. Like, he's remember the goal in, in game six? Uh, that he scored against Grubauer, uh, he he had a better look actually right before that. He was in beautiful position, and the puck didn't go for him. And then scored seconds later. He's he's generating these chances and is full value for it. It's not just some fluky little stretch. No, you're you're absolutely right. I think that we're at times we can kind of undervalue his offensive instincts, and I think they've been very very good. In, in every time he's gotten a chance to play in these playoffs and you know big moments uh, you need kind of uh, unexpected players to chip in and for the golden knights nick holden's been that guy time and again through these playoffs like you you're, you're happy for mark andre fleury um mm -hmm. yeah uh, you're you're you root for uh mark stone because he just he's so captivating but there's just something special about watching uh, a player like Nick Holden, who wasn't out of the lineup this year for any reason other than salary cap, and and not as far as we know, uh, no 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 sulking. And I I just think it's it's one of those cool little uh, scenarios that's playing out, and it's part of the the run to the to a Stanley Cup uh, and to uh, to a long playoff uh, situation where you have different storylines come up, and right now. We're watching a really cool one in Nick Holden along with the rest of the gang uh, that has a one nothing series lead in the Stanley Cup semifinals. Should we give away or uh, a, a couple of little uh, tidbits, VGK hat, uh, VGK um, opportunity to go to game two tomorrow night, uh, uh, a sub from Porta Sub? Yeah, so just confirming with Chapman, okay. there are two giveaways, correct, sir? Yes. Okay, so <laughs> callers number, uh, our caller numbers, let's go seven because Petrangelo's been fantastic and 10 because I think Nick Waugh's been really good too. Caller numbers seven and 10. You have won a VGK hat, a two-foot sub from Porta Subs, and you'll qualify to win two tickets to game two between Vegas and Montreal tomorrow night. 702-876-1340 is the number. Callers number 7 and 10. You've won a VGK hat, a two-foot sub from Porta Subs, and you've qualified to win a pair of tickets to game two tomorrow night. The lines are open right now. Give us a shout. And when we come back, one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. On our number two, the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Brought to the near wing. Big shot, he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the VGK Insider Show. Oh, here's the best news of the day. We have one more opportunity to qualify you to attend tomorrow night's game. We have a couple of tickets uh, to the Vegas Golden Knights, Montreal Canadiens, uh, Game two at T-Mobile Arena. We've qualified a couple of people. Who did we qualify? 
Mike, who is always calling into the postgame yeah, show, he Mike. got he got through, and uh, Christian. Christian. Who, uh, his name was not in the system, so I'm assuming he's a first-time uh, There qualifier. we go. And uh, now we have uh, another one. So at the end of this segment, end of one-timers, we're going to give you an opportunity uh, to qualify and uh, go to it. Uh, we have some big news uh, from Game 2 of the Stanley Cup semifinal series between the New York Islanders and the Tampa Bay Lightning. New York Islanders, Semyon Varlamov, goaltender, has just left the game. A heavy collision yep. with Braden Point. Uh, Point was pushed into the Islanders' goaltender, uh, and yep. uh, it was a massive collision. But I don't know whether, and here's the situation, I don't know whether Varlamov left the game on his own or whether the spotter phoned down and said, we got to take a look there. He might have been taken out because of concussion protocol and, and, and the, the message from up top. Have to uh, keep an eye on that. But right now, uh, Ilya Sorokin is in goal for the New York Islanders in game two of, of that set. Pivotal game uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning, who trail the series 1-0 on home ice, but lead game two 1-0. They did call a penalty yeah, on uh, point, too. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's. there's nothing that point can do in that situation. He's pushed in by Pellick. Um, you know, I... I this is an interesting one. I, I kind of wonder the same thing, Darren, if, if we're sitting here talking about Varlamov unable to play because yeah. he's just not feeling well or if there's, you know, concussion spotters that pulled him from the game. So something to keep an eye on the rest of the way. But, uh, I mean, I'm not really sure in that situation why that's the play that Pellick made. But um, the Islanders were just able to score a goal on the power play, so they now were. it's 1-1. One 1-1 one. One, one in Game well 2 there. Uh, and that uh, series can be heard on AM 1230, the game, on our sister station. Yep. So if you're interested in the Stanley Cup semifinal between the Islanders and the Tampa Bay Lightning, Dave Gosher with the call uh, of that series, along with Dave Maloney, uh, Vegas Golden Knight a broadcaster with a New York Ranger broadcaster. And uh, uh, Dave and Dave going out uh, in the broadcast booth and that uh, that series is a bit more bite to it right now and a little tense for the Tampa Bay Lightning the defending champions uh, lost game number one of this uh, series they haven't lost two games in a row in the Stanley Cup playoffs since the Columbus Blue Jackets set two years ago when they were swept in four didn't lose two games in a row the entire run last year in the bubble that's amazing yeah. um, to, to think about it in that perspective. But, uh, I mean, they were really good. They were very much dialed in. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how this game goes and whether or not the Lightning are able to even this series up at one going to uh, Nassau Coliseum. Well, there's, uh, there's a lot of people watching to see whether or not the New York Islanders can turn this into a street fight. And not the, the old street fight where it was just nastiness over and over. But if you can scrum it up and get uh, the odd kerfuffle and maybe the odd scrap in it, how much that takes the lightning off their game. And uh, we'll, we'll watch with great interest. I mean, Maroon's already had a scrap in, in this one. Matt Martin's involved uh, again. So uh, the, uh, the New York Islanders will not go quietly. It was a six-game series a year ago, 
and there was four one-goal games, and game six, uh, when the series ended, was in overtime. So the Islanders uh, uh, are not uh, a weak sister by any means uh, in this set. Uh, told you yesterday that the uh, news had broken that the New York Rangers had agreed to terms with Gerard Gallant. Uh, it's going to be a four-year contract for Gallant, who replaces David Quinn, who was let go uh, after the Rangers were four games above 500. And this is a really strange one. Um, and and we're, we're happy for Gerard Glant, but uh, the New York Rangers cleaned house uh, because uh, ownership uh, just felt that uh, that they needed to be pushed along a little bit more. And Gerard Glant, who has uh, had some great success with the Golden Knights, uh, is going in there to win now. Uh, under Chris Drury, who's the uh, new general manager. So uh, some some changes and some uh, progress as far as getting the house in order uh, for Gerard Glant and the New York Rangers. Yeah, I, I think, again, we touched on it a bit yesterday. I think this is a great spot for Gerard Glant. I, I look at that Rangers team, and, you know, when it comes to Gerard, he's able to find a different level for his players. He's able to empower his players to go out and trust in their abilities trust in their talent and he demands hard work right and, and for me the the rangers are a good young team that i think is is ready to take that next step from kind of on the cusp of the playoffs to being in the playoffs and i, I can't really think of a better architect to get them there than Gerard Gallant. Gerard Gallant coached uh, Owen Power uh, at Team Canada's uh, entry in the World Hockey Championships uh, recently in Riga, Latvia. Canada came back and won the gold medal in that tournament. Uh, Owen Power is projected to be the number one overall pick in the NHL draft this summer. Here's the interesting part. He was uh, a freshman at Michigan last year, uh, played with uh, uh, Brisson, uh, Brendan Brisson, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights' uh, first uh, draft pick last year. Uh, so the high-powered Michigan team uh, actually didn't play in the NCAA tournament uh, because of uh, COVID. And they, they just uh, they had uh, a couple of positive tests, and they weren't able to uh, allowed to compete. Anyway, Owen Power is a big defenseman, uh, top prospect, uh, and he's talking about going back and playing his, uh, his sophomore season uh, at the University of Michigan even if he's picked first overall, that's really unusual. And uh, the the last time it happened, in fact, was was Eric Johnson when he was selected by the St. Louis Blues in 2006. So that's how unusual it is for a first overall pick to go back and and play another year of college hockey. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. But I, you know, the players got to do or or really focus in on what they think is going to help them develop the most and if that's kind of where the the progression is then you know make your own choices and, and kind of chart your own path in that regard okay do you want my conspiracy theory here okay let's go he's saying that yeah go he's saying that just to ward off the buffalo sabers what do you think that's not a bad idea no it's not a bad idea that's just uh, okay, I'm on board in, in the no, back of board. my mind. That's what I'm thinking. The, the, I don't know anything. I honestly don't know anything. <laughs> but one of my first thoughts was like, this is really unusual that a first overall pick yeah. wouldn't 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 play yeah. uh, or at least be eligible to play. Would say, no, I'm going to go back to school. So why would that happen? Oh, Buffalo Sabres won the draft lottery. 
Is is there any chance that he's just doing that to try and convince the Buffalo Sabres to not select him? I don't know. It's juicy you though. Convinced me. Yeah. It was it was a compelling argument. The minute you said Buffalo, <laughs> Buffalo Sabres, Sabre. <laughs> boom. I'm convinced. Oh, that's uh, that's awesome. Uh, I love that. Uh, we have uh, we have another award to hand out. Actually, it's already been handed out. But Oscar Limbaugh uh, is the uh, Bill Masterton Award winner for this year. The Philadelphia Flyer uh, recovering from cancer and coming back and playing. What a what an amazing, uh, beautiful success story that uh, that has been. Yeah. I, I don't really think there's a, a lot more you can say about Oscar Lindblom and, and kind of, you know, the the path and the work and, and just the comeback that he underwent and, and everyone that was involved in in getting him to a place where he was able to play in the NHL this season. It is one of those stories that lends itself uh, to a lot of people that are kind of in similar situations that are, are clinging for and looking for hope. And it's not just people that are, are going through cancer. It's it's family members. It's friends. It's it's just giving you a, a little glimmer of, of what might be, what, what to fight for. And um, I think it's just a remarkable, a remarkable story and one that a lot of people can use in, in this day and age. Yeah, you're right, because we, we hear so many... Everybody talks about the other stories, right? We, we don't make yeah. enough uh, news and wave the flag enough for the good stories. And this is a great story. Yeah. So uh, good on you for, uh, for bringing that, uh, that side of it up. Uh, he's the fourth Flyer player to win the uh, Masterton Award for perseverance and dedication to hockey. Bobby Clark in 1972, Tim Kerr in 1989, and Ian LaPerriere in uh, 2011. Remember LaPerriere took that slap shot? to the face that was uh, yeah. uh ugly tim kerr uh, interesting guy uh big presence in front of the net uh, back in the 80s for the philadelphia flyers so strong so it just naturally strong that uh he he had some shoulder uh procedures done and he was rehabbing and as the as legend has it that he had a pin in his shoulder that uh, that kept everything intact, in and he was bench pressing, and he was he was lifting so much weight, the pin snapped. That's that's how strong the guy was. Like oh, that's he he lifted all the weight, but the pin snapped. That's that's <laughs> the legendary story of, of Tim Kerr, who was in his office uh, in in front of the net. Uh, semifinals uh, continuing at game two tomorrow night. Uh, VGK against the Montreal Canadiens before the series will will head north. Still waiting to hear just how many people will be allowed into the Bell Center uh, for games uh, three and four. But the players have been asked about it on the various Zoom calls uh, today. And there's a, a little bit of a push coming, like, after what the what everybody went through and saw last night in that performance uh, by the game operations crew with the Vegas Golden Knights, that there's uh, like can we can we get so, a few more people in the building in Montreal? And I don't blame them. Like that's a special place yeah. to watch a hockey game. A uh, couple of thousand people in the biggest uh, hockey arena in the world, which is the Bell Center. Uh, uh, 
it just would would do well if you could get maybe I don't know whether they're going to get 10,000 people but five to seven would be cool just even for us watching right would be great yeah no 100 percent just as long as it feels like 25,000 I'm good just as long as it feels like 25,000 people. Hey, who do you think is going to win this Tampa yeah. Bay Islander series? I haven't uh, got your thoughts on that. I think the Islanders do it. You do. I've got the same kind of gut feeling in this one. Yeah, I, I think you give Barry Trotz two opportunities at the same team. He'll figure out a way. Uh, the interesting part about uh, all the talk about goaltending, Montreal's got uh, a lot of money in goaltending. Vegas has money in goaltending. The New York Islanders have two four-game winning streaks in these playoffs, and uh, and they're they've won, done it with two different goaltenders. That's uh, <laughs> that's deep the interest. In that yeah, very. Uh, Ilya Sorokin and Semin Varlamov, uh, Russian goaltenders. The story uh, in that Tampa Bay New York Islanders series, and a couple of uh, Canadian Hall of Famers, Carey Price and Mark Andre Fleury, and uh, Fleury. Uh, outduels his uh, counterpart in game number one. Those are your one-timers for this. What day is it today? Is it Tuesday? Is it Tuesday? Yeah, yep. yeah. You just. Yep. Oh, you. you we got to give something away, right? So let's uh, let's take caller number twenty-two for Nick Holden. Caller number twenty-two to qualify to uh, win a couple of tickets uh, to tomorrow night's game two, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights Montreal Canadiens series. But you also win a VGK hat and a uh, two-foot sub from Portisub. So call now as we continue on on the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Islanders continue to muck it up against the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, 1-1 through one period in Game 2. Islanders lead the series 1-0, but uh, it was a free-for-all in that first period. Uh, Much different than Game number 1 of that set. Uh, If the Islanders don't take penalties, they'll continue to do that. But if they start taking penalties, the Tampa Bay Lightning... Uh, will probably devour them with that with that power play. So walking a fine line uh, during that one. As we uh, catch up with Chris Chapman here at the end of hour number two of the VGK Insider Show. Yeah, I know uh, most most Vegas fans probably didn't see it last night uh, because they were tuned into hockey or they were at T-Mobile Arena. But the Aviators, they played a pretty incredible game against uh, in-state rival, the Reno Aces. Final score in that game, 21 to 16. What? That, yeah, yeah. 21-16 was the final score of the baseball game. Oh. Three touchdowns to a bunch of field goals and maybe a safety. 21-16? Uh, 21-16, yeah. Did they move the fence in? They. Nah, it was like that softball game that Riley Smith had with the Raiders a couple of years yeah. ago. That's exactly what it what it looked like. That's what, it, that's what was my reference. Yeah, unbelievable. But no, <laughs> fences were not moved in. Unless uh, maybe Jim Gemma, my, my buddy over there at the Aviators, can tell me if that's the case. But uh, I got to get to one of those games. Oh, they're so fun. They're cool. Hey, Ryan, want to go to a ball game one time? Yeah, let's go. Yeah? Like, seriously, you'll go with yeah, me? Yeah, let's go. Yeah, I love go. that. See, it's like our relationship's coming along just fine, isn't it? Yep. Get to hang out again tomorrow. Wish we yep. had time for a third hour right now. Thanks for listening. Yep. Fox Sports Las Vegas.